I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Alrighty. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Uppy Dietitians podcast. Today, we're joined with another very fun guest that I'm going to have Hannah introduce. Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. Today, we are joined by our peer and good friend, Lydia Connor. She is also a Purdue graduate, just like we are. Um, Lydia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Ah, having me. <laughs> so excited. Well, we usually have our guests start by explaining kind of a day in the life, like what you're doing right now. Talk about um, like your work, your education, hobbies, that kind of stuff. So why don't you go ahead and start us there? Okay. Well, I graduated in May from the same program that Hannah went through for her dietetic internship, the coordinated program at Purdue. Um, I been taking a couple vacations this summer. I went to Seattle and um, after that I just really hunkered down and studied for the dietetic exam and then I took another vacation after passing the exam. So I've been kind of all over the place this summer um, but just enjoying that post-grad life for for a minute while also trying to um, look for jobs and apply for jobs. So I've been kind of all over the place, but also um, just working on kind of planning a content strategy for my Instagram and hoping to get more content out there soon. I've definitely taken a break and just kind of been really laid back with that because of everything else going on. But um, other than that, just um, living life in the summer, doing bike rides, runs, hanging out with my boyfriend, hanging out with friends, just having a good time. So <laughs> that's awesome. I bet it just feels so good to have that RD exam done. That feeling is just like none other. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, it's still weird to think about. And I've had some friends reaching out, panicking about it. Um, but I'm like, y'all are going to be fine. If I made it, you can do it. It's, <laughs> it's crazy, but um, definitely studied like, like it was the hardest exam I'd ever taken or the hardest final I'd ever taken. I studied like crazy. And so I understand their stress, but I have full faith in all of my friends who are preparing for that exam too. So yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do like a whole podcast on that, Emily, like how to prepare for the exam. That'd be a good one. Oh yeah. I feel like Purdue prepares you guys well though. That's true. They do. I felt so, pretty confident. I'm sure they're nervous, all, but. they'll all be successful and it Absolutely. is definitely daunting at the end of like, it's like the light at the end of the tunnel and that's the final step, but they'll be great. And they make you like do that survey after you finish. Did you guys have that? And yeah. like, you just want to like see your results. You have to like do that <laughs> survey first. It's the worst. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I was like, not sure how I was doing during the exam. And I was like, maybe I'll have to take, like do more questions or something. And I was, I took a second at 125 questions, I was like, okay, I have some time left. I'm gonna just chill for a second, hype myself up to press the next button. And of course, when I finally hype myself up for it, they, they, they oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, that's, that's so good. I thought you were about awesome. to say like, there was another question. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that happens to all of us, but oh my yeah. gosh, wait, that's like best case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. I just was like, oh my gosh, now I have to answer this survey. <laughs> but it all worked out. So <laughs> yes. So kind of what the topic of this episode is, is especially since Lydia is fresh out of the dietetic internship process, we are going to kind of be discussing some potential improvements and feedbacks about the entire process because as you guys know if we discussed in previous episodes in order to become a dietitian you have to do some type of supervised internship experience and like every program there's always room for improvement and that's why we are here today 
<laughs> to give our two cents on I guess more so Lydia is going to give her two cents well we'll chime in we'll, we'll hype her up yeah <laughs> for all of her constructive criticism so kind of to start us off Lydia if you want to go into what a dietetics internship is for anyone who might not know and then why is it relevant to become a dietitian I know I literally just said you have to do an internship to be a dietitian but more specific details I guess into what that looks like and the relevance yeah so a dietetic internship as you guys know is um, supervised practice and an accredited program and that just kind of means like there have that has to meet a certain requirement for kind of what you are going to experience topics you're going to cover um, areas you need to see and experience in order to prepare you to be an entry-level dietitian um, and so you're required to do 1200 hours of supervised practice and that's under um, usually a registered dietitian um, kind of depends on the realm. I know sometimes people in food service might not be under a registered dietitian, um, but they're usually fully aware of the requirements that you have to meet. And um, these dietetic internships I know are very competitive. The coordinated program was pretty competitive as well, but I know my friends who applied for other programs were very stressed out when um, they were kind of hearing back about their matches and everything. Um, so they're definitely very competitive, um, usually unpaid. Some will have a stipend that they'll provide, um, but it's essentially working full time as well as doing lots of different assignments and case study papers and things like that. So it, it usually is about a, a, the length of a school year for people. Um, I know some just do it a little differently. Some will do the internship hours while um, doing the undergrad coursework. So that can be um, pretty stressful, I think too, but I think that would be kind of interesting to experience. Not that I wanna do it again, but um, I almost feel like that would have been better for me. I'm not sure, but um, that could be cool. So um, my program did um, community, food service and clinical, as well as an engagement rotation at the end. So community was three weeks, food service was maybe like 13, 12 or 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, clinical was a very long one for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was actually, I think 15 or 16 weeks by the end of mine, because I ended up um, extending it and I'll get more into that a little bit later. Um, but then my engagement rotation at the end was five weeks. So, um, lots of fun there. <laughs> so that was a really great summary of kind of what the internship is, what it might entail. This can look very different depending on the program, but I feel like Purdue's is a pretty standard, um, of what you might see across all the dietetic internships. So if you kind of want to go a little bit more in depth into your different rotations, you talked about like community, food service, clinical um, engagement, and you can really discuss however in depth you'd like, and then kind of, I guess, like the highlights of, if, of each rotation that you'd like to cover or you think listeners would be interested to hear about or kind of get a more inside look into what we're actually doing in these rotations. Okay. Yeah. So my first rotation, like I said, was the community rotation and that was only three weeks and I wish it had been a little bit longer um, because I really do enjoy community. Um, and that's more like the public health prevention side of dietetics usually. Um, but sometimes, um, Sports nutrition can be kind of classified as a community dietitian role, um, stuff like that. But I was at American Dairy Association, like I said, and that was actually all virtual because of COVID. So there was only one day in the office, and that was just so we could see the office and see kind of what they're working with when they're in the office. Um, so that was a lot of different informational handouts. Um, we did a 
pan a food pantry packet with lots of different um, recipes, nutrition information about dairy, um, nutrition information about other food groups as well, different um, resources to go to different websites for more nutrition information and even some activities for kids to work on in the in the very back. So that was probably close to 100 pages, um, but it was a team effort. So there was another intern there and a couple of dietitians. Actually, I think there were three dietitians on staff at American Dairy Association, and they only have like seven or eight employees. So most of the people who work there seem to be dietitians. That was a cool environment to start out in and to kind of hear um, the background of some of the dietitians that worked there um, and how they got to where they were. So um, yeah, after that, I went to my first food service role um, and that was lots of fun. I feel like um, it wasn't my favorite, but I still think I enjoyed it because it was familiar and I definitely have had the most experience leading up to the internship in food service. So that was just at a nearby hospital. I'm in the Indianapolis area for reference, but um, yeah, so that one, just lots of different projects trying to improve the processes and learn all the different roles of the kitchen staff just to help um, with the management style. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like my experience in food service was mostly like project-based. Like I had to like do like a certain catering event and write a paper on that. I had to like plan a couple menus. Like it's some management, at least in my case, it was like some like management. I did like shadow the manager at the kitchen I was working in and like see what she did in terms of like employee, like payroll and that kind of stuff. But it was a lot more working closer with like the actual like staff that were like making the food, giving that to patients, catering events, that kind of stuff. Do you feel yeah. like yours was kind of like that or is it more like managerial? Mine was more like what you were saying. Um, I feel like there were definitely opportunities to do the managerial roles, but that was more in the staff relief period of oh, yeah. uh, rotation. So most of it was lots of assignments, learning all the different um, roles. And then I did a Greek themed meal for the catering Ooh. Um, but that was just in the cafeteria with COVID. It wasn't um, like there was a lot of catering events happening at that time. So um, it still was really successful and the food turned out really great. Um, the staff there was all very nice and super helpful and all really pitched in for that. So it was great to have um, a good team there and feel very supported in that role because I think sometimes it can feel really intimidating to be serving so many people all at once and um, not really know how to approach it at times. But um, I was lucky to have a very um, supportive staff there to answer any questions that I had, help me with any of the ordering or um, I helped pitch in with the food prep. I would not say that I did most of that. They did a lot of that, but I was overseeing that. And that was a cool thing to experience. But um, I'd say that was the, the most fun part of that rotation for sure. Um, yeah, I feel like it's kind of weird for the staff, like who works there every day and like makes the food to have like some weird intern there who like <laughs> is fresh from college. Like, are they there to like supervise us? Are they there to like help us? Like what's going on? So that was kind of a weird thing too, is just like kind of explaining our role there. Cause I didn't really ever know my role personally. I was like, I don't quite know where I stand with you guys. <laughs> I'm only going to be here for like three weeks before I go on to the next like community hospital to do my food service there. So like, I don't know, that was kind of a weird thing too. And I guess just that's just part of being an intern because you're not like established anywhere like you are as a full-time employee. So I think that's just, a, again, a struggle of being an intern. Nothing they can like really change about that, but that was kind of a weird thing I experienced too. Yeah. And two, you're also only there for a short time. So it's sometimes depending on your personality type, if you take a while to warm up to people and mm. environments, that can be really hard to um, really just hit the ground running with your new 
um, environments every time you change rotations. I think that yeah. was something that was hard for me. And I think the types of people who work in food service were kind of intimidating to me at first. Um, they're usually older people that have been there forever and um, maybe people who are just really resistant to change and um, yeah. they're in their, their own ways. So I think that was hard for me to approach originally, but um, most of them were very, very nice and helpful. So that was good. Yeah, I agree. And like, they were also close knit too. So they all like their inside jokes and like their just way of doing things. And they're all like best friends. Like a lot of them hung out like after work and did things together. They like all knew each other's kids. So as an intern, it's just kind of the name of the game, but you feel like an odd man out sometimes or most of the time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But I think I was, I was lucky to be kind of in contact with my primary preceptor who was the clinical um, dietitian. And so I was able to kind of get her feedback about that, her experience with that. And she was able to kind of guide me yeah. and give me some advice as to how to make sure I was forming those relationships and um, gaining their respect and um, just having an overall good experience with that. So um yeah, I ended up transitioning pretty well into the clinical um, side of it the next semester because it was just at the same place and I had the same preceptor who I already kind of had a, a solid relationship with. Um, so clinical was definitely my most challenging um, rotation. I feel like the hardest thing with that is it's really hard to gain experience in clinical prior to the dietetic internship. So like I said, I think I've had a lot of food service experience and a lot of community experience, um, but I was very new to clinical and um, definitely took a while to settle into that role. I think I struggled a lot with medical terminology and um, understanding what different diseases were and um, different procedures were. And um, I think too, it was hard to know. I think they tell you, you should ask questions. You should um, kind of rely on us if you, aren't, if you aren't sure about something. But then on the other hand, um, where to draw the line with that because they do want you to become more independent and not have to rely on them and you know look up like what questions you have find the answers yourself so um, that was hard for me I think because uh, like, I felt like one day I was able to ask them questions and the next they're like mm. stop stop asking me questions <laughs> so that's hard yeah so that's um, hard and I feel like with clinical too, another part that makes it so tricky is like, and this is the case with like even full-time clinical dietitians, they have to know like all the different diseases and that gets easier as you do it every single day. But as a brand new intern, it's like, I have to know everything about everything. And you don't, you learn along the way, but like, it feels that way because you have patients with anything from like kidney disease to, I don't know, like a broken leg. I don't know. And so you have to know how to treat like all those wide variety of diseases and disorders and things. And so that's just so overwhelming as a new intern. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I actually made a, a YouTube video about my clinical rotation recently. And I talked a little bit about how challenging that was for me. And like I said earlier, I had to extend that rotation um, I extended it once and that wasn't enough. And then I had to extend it again. So that was a whole extra month in that rotation. And so by the time I was done with clinical, everybody else in the program was done with engagement pretty much. So that was a huge, um, mind game for me, just trying to get through that. Um, I think it was just something where, I felt supported by the, the program director, but not necessarily my preceptor. 
And my preceptor was the one who was seeing me every day and seeing how I was doing, but she didn't have very tangible feedback for me on a lot of things. So I was struggling to find ways to improve and um, just not feeling like I was getting any better at certain things, but not really sure how to get there. So yeah, that was really challenging. And I think finally, by the time I added a month on and completed that extra month, I was doing better with it. But um, there's just a lot that you don't know you'll have to do. And um, it's hard to know what to expect in that rotation, for sure. So um, that yeah. was definitely challenging. Like our undergrad experience is so much of like doing case studies every week and we're focusing so much on like this one disease state, but when you're thrown into a hospital, they don't just have one disease. They have like at least three to five. Sometimes like I had once I counted, they had like 25 chronic conditions and it's just so much like it's very fast paced. Uh, you have to see X amount of patients every day. And then you also have to make time for going over your notes with your preceptor. And it can definitely be very overwhelming. I felt like Purdue challenged us academically. Like Purdue is a great educational base, but I don't know. It's like so different when you're actually in the rotation having to balance your time like even if you're great at time management you have to know what every single like you have to know everything that's going on with the patient you have to be able to communicate with the other staff members to figure out what they might know and then you also have to implement your interventions and then and then chart and charting takes so long so like there's so much going on that I definitely think there should be some type of um, clinical experience implemented into like our undergraduate work somehow, because it is wildly different because like with one case study, you have hours to work on it. Whereas you go into a hospital, you're seeing sometimes like eight to 15 patients a day and you have to know everything. I remember also like my first couple weeks, I would just spend so long looking up medications. And I was like, I feel like, cause we learn the, the generic name and then we learn the brand name and you get, the, and sometimes the hospitals use different ones and like something as small as like that would take up so much of my time. Yeah. But you also have to know like labs and all these other diseases and how they work together. And then there's just so much going on. There is, and you have to be on it every single day. And that was so mentally draining because like you would have a full day of all of that and then feel like you needed to go home and study more because it was a hard day. <laughs> like you really yeah. just don't have the, the stamina to get through it some days, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of a kind and <laughs> You really never know what you're going to get. So, yeah. Yeah. I do agree with like your idea of them somehow like merging it into undergrad somehow. And also, I think it's going to be even more important as they, and with the CPD, I have no idea how they're going to do this, but like, I feel like now they're going to require a master's as well. And that's going to be a part of the thing as well. You have to get along with your internship probably for most programs. I feel like it'd be even more important to like, however you can incorporate the learning requirements or whatever they call them like into undergrad somehow so you're not in school forever just like chunking it out into like specific parts like it could definitely be merged together better I totally agree with you on that one yeah and I was even thinking too there's I remember medical nutrition therapy like the class was um almost a year away from my actual medical nutrition therapy rotation So I think there was a lot that I had just forgotten and it just took a while to get back into the groove of thinking that way. So even having like the M&T rotation be first or something so that it's more in mind, I think would help. And you wouldn't have to add anything into the curriculum to improve that, but. I agree. And maybe some schools do that. I don't know if Benedictine did, Emily, but Purdue definitely doesn't. And I feel like that is a flaw 
it's so far. I forgot about that. It's so far between MNT and then when you actually take or do that rotation. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Benedictine was weird because we didn't do the same rotations at the same time. So, but in order to do some rotations, you had to do clinical first, like long-term care and our nutrition clinic, sports nutrition rotation. You had to do clinical first, but you could do like others before it was kind of odd because we're all in different things at once, but Def, I definitely yeah. think clinical first. Granted, I can see the other side of the argument that you're closer to your RD exam. So that true knowledge will be more fresh. That's a good point. So I, I don't know what the best answer is. <laughs> I think it depends on the person, honestly. Yeah. And just like their best way of learning and experiencing hands-on things. I think that really is what it comes down to. But they obviously can't individualize every single internship for each person. <laughs> Unfortunately. Nice. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, Lydia, you already gave us a couple of examples of what could be improved as we've just been discussing for the last few minutes here, actually. But is there anything else that you feel like you want to point out that might be able to be improved in internships going forward? I would say maybe just more emphasis on the medical terminologies and like pathophysiology of diseases, I think was something that I really struggled with there. Like Emily was saying, I believe um, you really will focus on one disease for um, like a, a case study patient in class, but you don't really get to dive into how a patient might experience multiple diseases at once and you maybe don't get into enough depth to really understand how a disease can impact someone's nutritional status. And so that's just a lot to think about when you actually have a patient with a million different diseases and um, um, how, how they might be dealing with their symptoms and everything else is just so many different things to think about at once. So I think if there would be a way to, or even like a class or a support group for some like people <laughs> dealing with um, struggles with medical terminology or path, like the pathophysiologies of diseases. I don't yeah. know. There needs to be yeah. some, something else there to support students who are struggling with that. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are almost we all know that we're struggling, but I feel like a lot of people, I don't know if it's pride or if it's more of, I feel like I need to know anything, everything. So I'm not going to admit I don't know everything because talking to my past classmates now, it's been like almost eight months since our program ended we're much more open and honest about our experiences of like, wow, clinical is really hard. Half the, like half the time you don't know what's going on. But during that time, it feels like you have to know everything. So I think definitely like the emphasis, I like how you said that we should emphasize that you can ask more questions, but also more emphasis that it's okay if you don't know everything. I know I know people have told us that it, at some point they have told us that, but just really emphasizing that and like connecting us with each other more, I guess, to really support each other because it is a tough time to go through. And especially like, if you don't feel like you can ask anyone anything, it's not gonna be a pleasant experience. I think- if you get backed into a corner where you feel like you can't speak up, you feel like there's a lot of pressure to be perfect and know everything and, oh, it's so late in the rotation. I should know this by now. I should be doing this better by now. Having all these opinions and um, restrictions put on you as far as like time goes or expectations from your preceptor or maybe your director. Um, I think just know that a lot of people do struggle with the internship and um, that might be staying super late one day or 
dealing with some really negative feedback from a preceptor or another staff member, whether that's like a nurse or a physician, um, you know, there are going to be really, really hard days and you should be able to talk to someone about it. Um, but I, there were definitely times when I would ask a question and then feel really backed into a corner and ganged up on by um, the people who I was looking to for advice. And so that was a very uncomfortable situation. And I definitely felt like there wasn't anybody I could really talk to. And then even if I did, what, what could anybody else really do about it? Like at that point, I was close to, well, I thought I was close to the end of my rotation. Little did I know, but um, <laughs> so, you know, like at that point, what could they do? Were they going to switch me to somewhere else? Like, you know, I don't know if they're, maybe that was part of the whole COVID mindset too. Like they tried so hard to get me into this one spot. Like, is there even a backup plan? Could I go anywhere else? Is there something else that I could do? Um, just a whole lot of questions in my mind that made that that I used to talk myself out of even speaking up about um, the uncomfortable situations that I was in and um, you know my mental health in the whole process was really struggling so um, you just like you just never really know until you ask and so I think that's why it's so important to um, realize that your yeah, at least your program director really should be on your side and um, that whole situation and um, preceptors are there um, to provide guidance, but I think that they deal with their own set of um, obstacles and time restraints and they're not being paid any extra to teach you. And I think that that can be really challenging for them and um, maybe make them not want to, they may not want to give you the extra time in their day some days. And so that can be really challenging, but. Yeah, it, like, yeah. It, it really stinks that you had that experience with like some of the, the dietitians because they were interns once too, you know, like they were in your same shoes and I don't know an intern that hasn't struggled through the internship in some way or another. And so that's just crazy to me. I didn't have, it doesn't sound like the same exact experience with like the staff, but I know exactly what you mean where they're kind of like standoffish at some points and they just like looked down at you sometimes. And it's just, you were also an intern once. And also I'll say this too, like being employed for over a year now as a dietitian and like working alongside a bunch of other dietitians in the field, we're all just faking it till we make it. Like no one really is that much better than anyone else. Like that attitude towards interns or really any coworker in general is just such a bad thing because no one knows it all. No one is any better of a provider than anyone else. And so that just, oh, that grinds my gears. It stinks that you had to go through all that because that's just unnecessary because they were also interns at one point too. So that stinks. Yeah. Plus yeah. like this is the future of dietetics. Right. We want to support them <laughs> or we should want to support them. Yeah, yeah, I feel like there's, uh, it's just such a competitive field, truly. I don't think I realized that until going into the, the internship. Um, I kind of, I mean, you know it is, but I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that it's mostly women and sometimes the attitudes can come out in that and, um, I don't know. Maybe I think of it that way because I've never had sisters. So I don't know how to like work with a lot of women sometimes. Um, but I think that that was sometimes challenging for me because there would be moments where I'm like, this doesn't have to be some dramatic thing. Like, can we just like have the answer or like, can I please have just like a little bit of help and then I can move on and like go about yes. it. Today? <laughs> Yeah. 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 I was going to say I had the luxury of actually working with like 14 to 15 different dietitians during my clinicals because I was at like this huge hospital. So I had one preceptor, but I had different like supervisors every week. And it definitely is 
very stressful when one week I'd have a super enthusiastic supervisor and they would be providing me with all this really great feedback and be very patient with me. And then the next week I'd go to another one and the interns kind of talked. So like you knew who was more of a tough critic and you'd go to them and you'd feel much more almost like hesitant to ask them questions. And it might be about something that really interests you, but if they're all kind of standoffish, then that can be very discouraging. Discouraging. I was going to say like disconcerting. I'm like, that's not right. (laughs) Yes, it is. And it like, I don't know how many dietitians were working at your guys's um, clinicals, but that was something that was nice for me because I was able to work with so many different people that I wasn't working with the same ones where I know some of my friends, there were only like three or four dietitians there. So they didn't really have as much exposure to different styles of clinical dietetics and different like people. Cause you kind of have to like learn what they like and seeing in their notes and trying to figure them out. So that's such a good point. I'm like, <laughs> so many memories are coming to my brain because of this conversation we're having. It's good and bad, I'd say. Um, but yeah, it totally depended on who you were with too. That's such a good point. I forgot about all that. That made a big impact on like your day in general and just like your approach that day and like how you charted and that kind of stinks too. I wish there was a better way to make that more uniform but I know that's just every single dietitian so different in how they do their job and also act as a mentor for interns too yeah and that's another thing that I would say I think because they're all volunteering to be preceptors I think it's hard to enforce any type of structure as to how you should treat interns or how interns should be um reporting situations, if there is anything like that happening. Um, It's just hard because nobody, I don't think that anybody in the situation is getting the support that they might need. Um, There's just a lot of uh, things to be desired in the dietetic internship with that, I'd say. So yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it too things to be desired they should almost be like like there's expectations set for us interns going in there should be expectations for like the preceptors like you have to be willing to go a little bit extra like the extra mile for your interns because they're going to struggle and that's okay and they need to know that you have their back otherwise they probably won't get as much out of it as they ideally should. Yeah. And I think I would have enjoyed clinical a little bit more, but um, it was just really hard to feel like I was good at it because there was no positive feedback and um, no, I don't know. They're just even when I was having a good day or like positive feedback from a patient or something, there was always like some, the dietitian that I was working with was like, oh, well, I don't really care about that. So I don't know. It was just kind of a, a negative environment. I would say that just kind of felt never ending with, um, having everything extended once, having it extended twice. Um, I would be like, okay, I can do this only a week left. And then I'd get it extended again. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, I can do this. I would be like, so ready to be done counting down the days and get everything added on again. I was just like, I need to be done. Eventually I'll be done, but (laughs) it was hard. So, so hard. That is we can kind of we've kind of discussed how um these different improvements we've talked about can help in the long run in terms of dietetics education and us becoming dietitians i think that i guess like 
Lydia, if you have any thoughts that we haven't already discussed with how you can see kind of these, if these changes were to happen, how you could see interns being more successful. Yeah, I think if these changes were to happen and create a more positive environment for interns, that's more uplifting and um, encouraging. I think that um, the satisfaction would be so much higher in the roles that dietitians end up taking because um, I think the dietetic internship can be such a pivotal year for dietetic students to really identify what their true passions are and where they're, um, where they are, where their talents are. And I think if they don't have the encouragement and then nurturing environment that they really need I think that can really turn them off in a an environment that they maybe would have been really great at had it not been for um, one person or one experience that just could have been a little bit better or that they could have been more prepared for Um, so yeah I think there's just a lot that we should be able to talk about. And I think it's definitely easier now, like you said, Emily, looking back, you can talk about these things. And um, I think that's kind of why I've made the videos that I have on my YouTube channel and you guys are doing this. I think there's so many things that should be talked about. And I think that that's the first step toward making the improvements. Um, And I think hopefully that will give people some hope, even if they're in the middle of a tough rotation or if maybe they're considering not becoming a dietitian anymore because of a bad situation. Um, If they can connect with other dietitians or other dietetic students who are feeling something similar, I think that can provide some hope, but um, yeah. There's, there's definitely a long way to go with dietetics as a profession. It's still pretty new. And I think that a lot of directors and preceptors are doing the best that they can with what they're given. But um, <clears throat> I think we all need to be more supportive and maybe a little bit less competitive sometimes for sure. Yeah. Yes, that was, I like everything you said. And support all of that. Yeah, that was well <laughs> worded. You. Okay. Well, I think that's really the bulk of our big questions for you. So we like to ask our guests as well to kind of sum up what the bulk of the conversation was today. So if you could put it into words, what would you say is like the final verdict or statement to kind of sum up the episode today? I had something written out, but I feel like the way that it went, I've kind of evolved my... <laughs> My statement, I would say the dietetic internship, you'll learn a lot and it's very challenging. Um, But even when you're in a tough situation, just know that you're not alone. And if other dietitians have done it, you can do it too. And um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even if you can't see it sometimes. So. totally agreed it gets way better like I said I feel like I've like blacked out from my internship like I don't like I like was not having these memories until today when we're talking about this I'm like oh yeah (laughs) I like forgot about all those different things it's only been like a year and a half and I already feel like it was forever ago yeah but yes the light is very bright at the end of the tunnel I just gotta get there (laughs) yeah cool so since we had some a very constructive conversation we can kind of now have or I guess go to the fun part of our episode where we get to debate kind of little debates um so we always like to have our guests go first but today or this episode's debate question is which is better 
the edge or inside brownie pieces and Lydia you can start us off okay <laughs> this is hard I would have to say the inside of a brownie because I don't know I don't know it's just it's so up like up to your preference but you know like the brownie batter hummus yeah Mm -hmm. that stuff is so good I don't know I just like stuff that's more um like gooey yes and yeah. I, I'm always going to be that person that eats the batter mm -hmm. like no matter what it is I love that part of it so I'd say like if you can preserve some of that <laughs> through the baking process even better but I am on the exact same page as you. I like it to be like more gooey than like crusty and crunchy. I mean, that's good. If I get served an edge brownie piece, I'm obviously going to eat it. But yeah. <laughs> I also like the inside where it's like so gooey still if it's cooked right. And it's just like melty if it's warm. Oh, so good. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, I'm I feel be... like you're going to be, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I'm going to be the odd man out. I love edge pieces because I really like crunch whenever I'm eating I I will also eat an inside piece of a brownie like there's no such thing as any component of a brownie that is bad yeah but I really like corners a lot because they're mm. extra crispy and I love pairing them with like ice cream so you get the crunch from the brownie and then the like soft creaminess from the ice cream emily do you like chewy or crunchy cookies i like chewy cookies i oh. hate crunchy cookies because they get interesting crispy. they do oh like do. i will eat a crunchy cookie but like the ones that like are like brittle and like you break yeah. it like Ugh. and i'm like what do i do with that or like you have to eat it all at once or else you're making a mess <laughs> yeah Okay, I was curious. Have you guys tried crumble yet? Crumble. I have not. Crumble cookies. Is it like a place? Like what? What is it? Hannah, yeah, that is all state. the rave. <laughs> what? What is this? I need to know all about it. Tell me everything. <laughs> it's like a cookie chain, and the cookies are probably the size of my hand. Um, and they come out with new flavors every week. They have like their classics, like the chocolate chunk and maybe like a sugar cookie. I don't know, but they're so good because they're like cake in cookie form almost. So it's like nice and <laughs> crispy on the outside, but like Ugh. thick and risen almost mm -hmm. like on the inside and so soft. I don't know. There's just, people ask me if they're overhyped and I'd say no like I think mm. they're actually worth it and like the different flavors every week really get you they they pull you back in so <laughs> so do they have like storefronts or do you get them online well yeah they have storefronts but you you can do like the order on your phone and go and pick them up I don't I don't know if you can get them delivered but they're really really good fresh so I don't know if you would want to get them delivered mm. But new flavors every week. They always get me. I've been like probably seven times this year already, like at least once a month. So what is your favorite flavor from them? So far, anything that's been peanut butter cookie, I'd say has been so good. I don't know. It's probably the best peanut butter cookie I've ever had. And that's saying a lot because I usually do like homemade things more, but they've been so good every time, like never disappointing. So <laughs> Would you compare them to insomnia or not even like the same category? Have I you ever had insomnia? Yes. Okay, okay. okay. Insomnia, they were really good, but like, I don't know, these are just so much better because there's like art that goes into it yeah. and it's not overdone. It's not like, oh, these look better than they are. They taste just as good as they look and they look just as good as they taste. Ooh. I am so intrigued. Okay. I love insomnia. So I'm sure I would like these even more than based on that description. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause I was also having the mindset that I'm like, these things have to be like overrated. <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. not going to get it. It's probably not worth it. But since you said it was worth it, now I'm going to go out of my way and find one. <laughs> I think they're worth it. You should definitely try it. Um, peanut butter. 
If you like peanut butter, go for that if you can. It's really good. I must have been like under a rock or something. I have not even heard of this. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you always are on top of the food trend. I know. I'm ashamed of myself right now. <laughs> That's like my thing. Darn. Let's get into it. All right, Lilia. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I feel like this will be a really great episode for, oh, especially incoming interns, I feel like, or others who have had similar experiences, just to know that they weren't the only ones feeling that way because like we've said a million times already today in this episode, we don't really talk about it very much when you're in your internship. So I think that'll be really helpful for listeners to know that it is definitely not a unique experience to feel those feelings, just overwhelm and maybe even feeling a little insecure, that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for sharing all that with us. Of course. I'm hopeful that it reaches the right people and um, that they get through it like we did so (laughs) yeah well we will put a link to everything you'd like us to in our bio so listeners you can find all of Lydia's information there but Lydia where can our listeners find you where's the best place to check you out so I have an Instagram you can find me at smiley stomach or on Facebook at smiley stomach but I also have a YouTube page I'm not smiley stomach on YouTube I'm just Lydia Connor but that's linked in my Instagram bio somewhere. So you can always find everything from the other. So (laughs) cool, cool, cool. cool. That'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And we could also link your clinical nutrition, clinical rotation video as well. If anyone would like to see that, if they don't want to navigate YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to see if I could add, like the whole series as a link, but I don't know if you can. Oh, so, oh. but I have it. It's like um, on YouTube, you can put everything in like a, a group. Mm-hmm. I have that as a series on there, but I don't know how to link it. So we'll play with, we'll play around with it, see what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that's a good end to this episode. We hope you guys, as we mentioned, took away something from this. And we are excited to have you guys back on another episode and you might see more of Lydia in our future. All right. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> All righty. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you next time. <laughs> yes, you nailed it this time. Nice job. <laughs> All righty. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your hosts, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at the Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.